Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode 22. Today we're going to be taking a deep dive on emotional regulation as a Stoic. I'm your co-host, Ren. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And so we're going to start out um, today, like we have most episodes, on really why this is important. You know, we've talked about, in a lot of our episodes, how we control our emotions, how Stoicism is about kind of, you know, the domestication of emotions and... um, why it's a good thing we haven't necessarily gone into the strategies of how to do so and how to fully you know flush out the idea of this is how you go through life experiencing emotions but doing it stoically and not letting it control you and so that's what today's episode is for you know it's important because you can't see things clearly when emotions are behind the wheel you know Mm -hmm. you only see things clearly and make logical decisions when logic is behind the wheel when reason is behind the wheel Seneca says that when the sea is stormy, you can see nothing clearly. And therefore, when your mind is clouded, when your mind is, you know, if you want to say stormy, when you're angry, you're not going to see anything clearly, right? You say you're going to see everything in red. And what that means is you're going to do things that you regret. You're going to do things that don't really make sense and don't follow a logical path. And you're going to do things that aren't right. And that's what Stoics are all about, is doing the right thing, living virtuously. And living virtuously is, you know, harmonious with living with proper emotional regulation so that's why we need to talk about these things and that's why it's important to take such a deep dive into an important topic well in this episode particularly is i think very interesting and very prominent because all the questions that i get especially in person about you know stoicism or the podcast in general are well do you think you know you're just trying to be emotionless you're trying to hide your emotions you're not you're a man you shouldn't feel emotion and you know those are all certainly valid questions because i think there's a a view like it's sort of a twisted view on how emotions should be regulated stoically and so i think it's important that we have a very thorough discussion around this and we make a full episode to discuss how to properly regulate emotions and what that actually means stoically not necessarily because i think it's certainly changed that that meaning has changed today uh compared to what it used to be you know you had that quote from seneca and i'll sort of continue on with something that he says he says um, we are endowed by nature with an interest in our own well-being, but this very interest, when overindulged, becomes a vice. So it's sort of reiterating the point, you know, it's completely natural and normal to feel, right? That's what makes us human. We have emotions. That's what allows us to be who we are. However, when you overindulge or sort of overfeel and allow your emotions to take over you and hinder your ability to, to live with reason or to stay detached from external distractions or to think rationally, it becomes a vice, it becomes a problem, it's not good. That's what Stoics were very against. Stoics believed very heavily that everything you do should be with logic, with purpose, and with reason. And so that doesn't necessarily coincide with feeling strong, emo- or having very strong emotions. Now there's a, this is where we draw the line. You are, it's totally fine to feel emotions. Everybody feels emotions, it's not saying you're not allowed to feel. But you have to draw the line between feeling and doing. Correct, and I think, you know, you've brought up over how it becomes a vice, and we've covered how, you know, that overindulging, that letting emotions control you, the real-world consequences of that. We talked about, you know, addiction, you know, mental health issues, domestic violence. Like, it's very wide-ranging where emotions can go and where the bad places that emotions can take you if you decide to let them. But it's a conscious decision, you know. The one thing that the Stoics all agreed upon, whether it was, you know, in ancient Greece, ancient Rome, or, you know, Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic Now, Stoic Philosophers Now, one thing that they all agreed on is that within each human being, there's an ability to 
not be controlled by your emotions, your ability to properly emotionally regulate and live virtuously. If, the, if that wasn't in every human being, then there would be no purpose to life, is what the Stoics believe, and that's what we believe. And ultimately, what that means is that if it's in every single human being, then all you need to learn is how to bring that out, how to use it properly, and that's what this episode is going to go over. And so, you already know how it's important. You know how, as Stoics, this is one of the key tenets, emotional regulation. So how do you go about doing that? Well, we can start, I guess, with the, uh, the one... I guess there's a lot of different things that you can do, but we'll start with the first one that I wrote down is... Um, accepting what we can't control and then proceeding to process our emotions so that we find ourselves on a productive path that's pointing us forward in the right direction right so accepting what we can't control applies to lots of areas within stoicism but especially with emotions because the minute that you start to accept the things you can't control you start to believe in that stoic ideology of fate um, that's when it becomes a lot easier to encounter and deal with hardship or setbacks loss death tragedy whatever it may be because you're accepting that there is absolutely nothing that you could do or could have done to prevent it to control it to countermeasure it whatever and then it's very interesting because a lot of the times you know and today we'll say at least in like i'll go to the gym community because it's, it's it's very prominent for me is um oh, I'm very sad, but now I'm going to leverage that sadness and that pain to motivation to be better and to go lift heavy, right? Um, and that's that's just an example of using, like processing your emotions and then leverage it, leveraging them to put yourself on a productive path. That, uh, you know, tragedy, loss, whatever emotion you're going to experience, it's going to be inevitable. And when you accept what you can't control, then it's a lot easier to accept those emotions and allow them, allow yourself to feel them, process them, and then move forward. Right, and I think um, another thing you highlighted is acceptance and acceptance of self-sacrifice. Epictetus uses an analogy that we should imagine ourselves as a foot, which some people will like, some people will not like. But that foot has to step in mud in order to help the whole body move forward. So the foot has to sacrifice for the whole body, the whole organism to move forward and progress in life. And so if you imagine yourself as that foot, Sometimes you're going to have to make sacrifices. Sometimes you're going to have to experience sadness. You're going to have to experience, you know, loss or grief. And that's a natural part of the human experience. But you have to accept that. You have to accept that that sacrifice is that natural part of life. And it ultimately is for the greater good of yourself and for those around you. We talk about, when Epictetus <clears throat> talks about the foot, you know, moving forward for the whole organism, the organism means yourself and the people around you. So when you're sacrificing, when you're doing those things because they are right, you're improving your life, you're improving the lives, the situations of the people around you. You know, it may be unfortunate in the moment, it may bring out those negative emotions, but if you accept that that is a natural part of life, that's an easy way to regulate those emotions. Epictetus says that life is theater. We all play certain roles and sometimes they require obstacles and challenges. Your role may require you to sacrifice now, it may require you to sacrifice a year down the road, but it ultimately doesn't matter because that sacrifice is going to come at some point you don't know what form it's going to look like when it is, but if you accept that it's coming at some point, when it does happen to play out, you're going to be ready to accept that challenge, ready to accept and exceed that obstacle, and ultimately not let the negative emotions that may come with it if you weren't prepared stand in your way. Well, that analogy is fantastic, you know, because it's very it's very simple. It's sort of goofy, you know. Life is like a foot. You have to step in mud, and it seems so simple, right? It seems so, so obvious, but 
it's it's oftentimes you know when we're in the most distress that we really just have to make things simple and take a simple piece of advice to really help yourself move forward and this idea of sacrifice for the, it, it it's a lot easier to sacrifice things when you change your perspective about a situation you know when you can see sort of from a third person or a bird's eye view of everything that you're looking at the outcomes you know everything that's going to be changed by the whatever action you decide to take and you know there's also the analogy and this isn't even a quote but just this, the simple concept of it's impossible to know you know happiness without feeling pain or it's impossible to know what being comfortable feels like without having to struggle it's this very simple idea that makes it a lot easier to see the blessings and hardship and that's exactly also kind of moving into it like a next point i guess about processing and dealing with emotions is understanding that each hardship you encounter will teach you a lesson it's very we, we sort of repeat this a lot in every episode but i think it's really important to sort of you know dive deeper into this concept of accepting hardships and actually being very grateful for the hardships you encounter in your life because each struggle each obstacle that you're going to encounter is going to present a new opportunity to grow and to get stronger in some area of your life you know marcus aurelius says the first rule is to keep an untroubled spirit and the second is to look things in the face and know them for what they are so depending if you're feeling emotional in a time of distress or in the midst of an obstacle or in the midst of hardship it's going to be very easy to see things in a negative light but if you look at it you know stoically rationally and you see an opportunity within you know the darkest side in the darkest part of a hardship or a struggle it's going to be a lot easier to move forward and that's sort of it kind of relates to this idea of constant evolution and constant progress is you things don't get easier you simply get stronger and the more that you have to endure the stronger of a person you're going to become and it's going to be a lot easier to deal with you know your emotions the more you've practiced it and it, it, it's not easy at first but the more you practice rationally dealing with your emotions and getting through those situations the easier it's going to get in the future right and you know i'll return to what you said but I had a final analogy for the acceptance of sacrifice, and it kind of applies to modern times, right? In America, we see conflicts, we see people die, you know, in the Middle East, we see war heroes. That's the, and we call it the ultimate sacrifice, right? We call it the ultimate sacrifice when somebody decides to fight for our freedoms and they give their life through service, right? And we are so quick to praise them and call them war heroes, which is the appropriate thing to do. Those people are heroes. But if we call them heroes and we are so quick to praise their sacrifice, why are we so quick to run away from our own personal sacrifices? If we're so quick to acknowledge that these are great human beings who are willing to give their lives, make this ultimate sacrifice, but you aren't willing to sacrifice a little bit for something that can move you ahead in life. It doesn't make sense. And so I challenge you to the next time you acknowledge a situation where you're made to sacrifice, you have to give something up, you lose someone or something that's very valuable to you. Use that analogy compare it to the people who've made their ultimate sacrifice the families of those war heroes the people who have had to see these people you know lose their lives and lose the thing most valuable to them but it was a sacrifice that was for the greater good of the country think about those people and compare them to your situation if you're so quick to praise and acknowledge how great those people were can't you be the same level of great with a sacrifice and a challenge that isn't as significant i think it's something that's really easy to put in perspective and something that applies to modern times. And so it's easier for people to kind of acknowledge. And I think it's an important analogy for you is that you can apply to your life when you have to make those sacrifices and may feel down because of them. You know, you feel grief or you feel loss, you feel sadness, all of those negative emotions. And so that's just one final analogy. And so returning to what you say 
about rationally assessing a situation, placing value on a situation. I think it's interesting to compare, you know, ancient Greek, ancient Roman, you know, the Senecas, Marcus Aurelius, their perspective on emotional regulation compared to Ryan Holiday and the Daily Stoic and modern philosophy is that these traditional, these famous Stoic philosophers from ancient Greece, ancient Rome, rationality was the common theme. They said that there were only three good emotions, joy, wish, and caution. Joy was acknowledging good in the future, wish was acknowledging good in the present, and caution was acknowledging bad in the present. But all three of these emotions involved rational judgment, rational, rational assessment of the situation, and rationally assessing what category each, um, each emotion fell under and what situations they applied to. And now, where we break from that in modern philosophy, modern stoicism, is that we acknowledge that those are still three good emotions, but modern stoicism also acknowledges that you have to feel these negative emotions. Like, you have to experience mm-hmm. these negative emotions. You have to experience anxiety. You have to experience fear. You have to experience sadness. You have to experience anger. It's simply impossible for you to not feel these things. And that's where mm-hmm. stoicism gets a bad rap, is that these ancient Greek, ancient Roman philosophers acknowledged the three good emotions, but they said that when you feel, you even experience any of these others' emotions, it's a rational fallacy, and you are weak because of it. And that's not the case, right? Where we draw the line between weak and strong is, do you let these emotions control you, or do you control these emotions? So certainly feel these three good emotions, um, live vicariously through them, feel joy, feel you know happiness, which is synonymous with the wish emotion and feel caution feel apprehension when there's something going on that is bad in the moment but don't let that you know overrule your rationality don't let that overrule your logic instead apply logic to the emotion assess value assess you know how is this going to impact me in the future and oftentimes you'll find that it doesn't and so i think that's why it's important you brought up rationality rationality is the common thread between um ancient stoicism traditional stoicism and modern stoicism rationality and logic is the common thread and so if it's the common thread throughout the entire school of stoicism it's one of the main strategies that you can utilize to regulate your emotions always remain logical it's something that's not that hard to do um once you start to do it and it's something that is really easy really easy to apply and something that you can find a lot of success with. I know I certainly have found a lot of success with assessing value and how you do that is through logic and rationality. Let's, you know, you were saying, talking about drawing the line now between being weak, right? And you were saying that modern stoicism has sort of evolved a little bit from uh, ancient stoicism, but that that's an interesting idea in itself because we talk about how stoicism is all about evolution and constant growth, right? Well, stoicism itself has also evolved now that we've gotten more perspectives and more people having a discussion around it. And also just how society's changed. You can apply it to different situations and therefore it's changed. And that's interesting to note, you know, how Ryan, especially Ryan Holiday, he's one of the more um, prominent, you know, philosophers of our time, I would say, uh, talks about, the bad also because i think it in my opinion it was a fallacy for stoics to say you know you're weak if you simply feel these emotions because that's part of what makes us human and that's where i think there was definitely a mistake a gap in in what stoicism was trying to preach i think if we were to sort of redefine it today it's not a problem to feel those things but it becomes you know a problem or a vice 
as soon as you begin to act on those emotions or the impulse, right? We've talked previously about how I think this was actually in our both masculinity and femininity episode about how as soon as, you know, specifically men, we were discussing, um, speaking from our point of view because we are uh, young men, that as soon as you act on impulse and we have more dangerous men in the world, right? Now, feeling, you know, and feeling these things, feeling, you know, angry or impulsive, like there's certainly, it becomes a lot more problematic as soon as it turns into action. And so there was this point that I wanted to cover was especially with anger because you earlier, you brought up domestic violence. And I thought that was interesting because a lot of the time, you know, for men anyway, that's the one emotion that's very hard to suppress is anger, right? And so, you know, being angry, being upset, that's completely normal. It's a normal reaction. But I would say, you know, none of my friends or the people I'm close with or you have ever seen me lose my temper. And I've never seen you fully lose your temper, right? It's easy to be upset or, you know, frustrated, right, and sort of talk it out, and then it's fine. But as soon as somebody really loses their temper and becomes violent or abusive, right, that is where, you know, and especially in America, we've had, you know, rising rates of domestic abuse, and it's become a, a problem of just violence in general. That itself stems from the simple problem that stoicism is addressing with emotions. It's not about not feeling your emotions, but it's the simple idea of regulating them and using logic and reason. In my eyes, and I know you would probably think similarly, but if you were in a situation where you had two choices, one, allow yourself to remain frustrated but calm on the outside for the greater good of the situation and the people around you, or one, lose your temper simply to make yourself feel better for a few minutes, you know, and to let out absolutely everything, I think a hundred times out of ten we're going to choose staying calm simply because you have to look at the bigger picture. I'm, I'm going to bring it back to that point, seeing things in bird's eye view. Instead of being so dead set on one problem, you have to sort of take a step back, look at yourself in third person, look at everything and see what the impact is going to be. And I think that's um, that taking a step back, I think, is another part of another strategy, and it's mental distancing. Seneca says that the greatest remedy for anger is delay. And if anger, you know, anger is probably one of the most common. I think anger and sadness are the two negative emotions that everybody thinks about. How do you regulate those emotions? They're the most natural. We experience them probably daily. And so it's how do you properly regulate that? Especially for anger, it's simply take a step back, take a pause. You have the cliche of, you know, count to ten. But it's not a cliche, it actually does work. Because ultimately, when you're angry, you do see red. And so things that, you know, may irk you, may frustrate you, when you're angry, they become, you know, so much more magnificent in scale, so much greater. They make you furious instead of just the normal frustrated. And I think when you take a step back, when you take that delay, you take that pause, that's one way to kind of emotionally regulate yourself, right? And part of taking that step back is what we've already discussed in terms of logically assessing the situation, placing value on it. What is it really that made you angry? And should you really let something that may have been a frustration but it's just a kind of commonplace occurrence. Should that really dictate how you feel the rest of the day, the actions you take that may have long-lasting impacts? And I think the answer is no. Most oftentimes, when you feel anger, it's a trivial matter. It may seem important in the moment, but if you take a step back, you assess you know, the big picture, it is truly a trivial matter, something that does not require such great attention, such great emotion, mm-hmm. such a display of you know, passion, anger, whatever it may be. It's something that doesn't require that. And so, as Stokes, we believe, you know, give proper attention to the things that deserve it, but don't give attention to things that don't have value. 
and a lot of times that's what emotional regulation looks like instead of value it's where do I place my emotions mm -hmm. correct where do I place my anger where do I place you know happiness where do I place all of these things and oftentimes stoics you know kind of got marked down that you know stoicism is saying suppress those emotions instead it's like you said it's distancing yourself from the emotion immediately and then redirecting it to something positive positive. Right. and that can be you assess the situation and you redirect it as framing it as something different through your words or it could be you literally go take your anger out through a workout or you go you know mm -hmm. um, you go to the gym you hit the boxing ring whatever it is you redirect it into something positive and you know I'll be totally open back kind of when I was at my point where I was having mental health issues and I wasn't living stoically truthfully I went to therapy and that was one of the um, things that my therapist told me was best I was experiencing a lot of anger especially towards my family life my home situation and one of the best strategies was go find a way to channel that energy so that you aren't constantly dwelling on it you aren't suppressing it um, he used the analogy of check under the hood right if you throw all your emotions under the hood your engines eventually going to break down you're going to break down instead if you lift the hood up do maintenance and then go do other activities it doesn't build up and you have a healthy engine you have a healthy vehicle and so that's the same analogy that you can use for yourself right when you feel angry or when you feel sad distance yourself from that emotion by taking a step back and saying why am i feeling this way what is causing me to feel this way then say is it and this is my personal checklist then say am i going to remember this in 24 hours you know, and this is just my, me personally, 50% of the things I feel that about, the answer is no. And so I can immediately let those things go because if they don't matter in a day, then they aren't worth my time getting emotional about. And then if the answer is yes, say, why is this so important? And then you do that kind of deep dive and you're thinking about all these important things, you no longer really truly feel that emotion. The emotion is certainly still there, but it isn't in control of you. It isn't in the driver's seat. It's just a passenger that is accompanying your thought process. And so if it's something that's important that you'll remember after a while and that truly has the value of feeling that way, then redirect. That's the final step. Redirect if it is something that is actually worth being emotional about. Redirect into something productive so that you don't spend time dwelling in that emotion and letting it snowball. Well, and as soon as you are, you, you know, develop the ability to leverage those emotions into a, a more positive direction is as soon as you're going to find that it's easier to recognize when you're in a situation like that. You said the first step, you know, was to like immediately distance yourself from that emotion for a second to kind of look back. But even before that, you have to acknowledge the emotion at first. Or even if you don't know exactly how you're feeling, acknowledging that you're in a state of distress or in a state of, negati of negativity for a moment is the most important part. And we talk about you know, acknowledgement a lot in stoicism, one being not only with emotions, but also when it comes to understanding your deepest self, you have to acknowledge your flaws, the areas where you need improvement, where you're, you're in order to become a better version of yourself, where that demands improvement and self, um, self progression. So I think it's interesting, you were talking about, you know, with anger and everything, there's an interesting perspective from Marcus Aurelius that he sorts of bring that the, he sort of brings about dealing with anger. So we we know the famous quote from Marcus where he says, uh, "Waste no time arguing what a good man should be. Be one, right?" So this idea of being a good man and being a stoic and thinking stoically, he then brings on this quote about dealing with anger that I think is very interesting. He says, um, 
Keep this thought handy when you feel a fit of rage coming on. It isn't manly to be enraged. Rather, gentleness and civility are more human and therefore manlier. A real man doesn't give way to anger and dis discontent, and such a person has strength, courage, and endurance unlike the angry and complaining. The nearer a man comes to a calm mind, the closer he is to strength. So I think that's interesting that he, he brings it back to sort of what being a good man is. Um, feeling, you know, being gentle, being civil. We, that's what we talked about in our masculinity episode, right? That's what, it, that's what being masculine means. It means being gentle, being in control of, how you, of your emotions, right? And regulating that, being civil. And so he, he sort of ties the two concepts together of being, you know, if you're calm, then that means you're a very strong person. If you're able to really, you know, redirect your emotion and not, you know, it's not manly to be in, to be angry and to be have fits and to lose your temper. It's a lot more manly to be strong in the sense that you're able to control it. I just thought it was very interesting because we've talked about the two concepts a lot and there's sort of like an intertwining point in between the two that I thought was worthy of discussion. Well, and I think part of we've had this discussion before is that these Stoic philosophers kind of wrote, um, you know, they wrote men, but I think they mean to all humans. And I think that's something that kind of gets lost is that when you read this quote and they say, you know, it's manly, right? You think, okay, that only applies to men. But that also just applies to being a good human being, right? right. I think we can universally agree a person who experiences rage who has a, who is very temperamental is less likely to be an absolutely great human being than someone who always remains calm, who remains civil, who is a gentle, you know, kind, caring person. I think that in that quote he says that gentleness and civility are more human and right. therefore manlier. I think that means that it applies to men and women equally. I think we talk about, you know, men should be gentle and civil, and I think where the connection is made is that men experience it at a higher level. I think men are more prominent in experiencing anger, experiencing rage, and acting upon Certainly. it. You know, by nature. Yeah, we talk about. Um, there's a lot of statistics about how like men are more likely to commit violence. They're more likely to be mass shooters. The, the domestic violence rate for men is typically higher. much 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 higher than right. than women, and that's because I think we're more prone to act on our act on our emotions, become angry, become violent, and I think that's where the connection is made is that men need to place a higher priority on this because women already do a better job than men do I think in terms of emotional regulation especially in modern day society Sorry. so that's just something I want to emphasize is that we talk about manliness and we've talked about masculinity mm -hmm. it also certainly applies to femininity certainly it's just and that you know different priority levels because men are certainly experiencing at a higher level than women are currently and I think you know to re-emphasize your point a lot you know long many many you know centuries ago when stoicism was prominent and around you know ancient times whatever in history you know they say mankind but that doesn't simply just mean men right it means the the entirety of humanity and so i think that's a good point that you bring up that you know that he says it isn't manly to be enraged but it's, it's more about being a good person right any person it's not it's not noble it's not virtuous to be enraged right it's for any person you know male female it is not it, it acting in virtue to allow your emotions to overcome your your reason and your logic, right? It's very important to emphasize with Stoicism that everything, you know, and I was reading this in meditations. This is one of the first things I ever remember reading was having just absolute concentration on everything that you do, right? Everything that you do has to be with such a high level of concentration, purpose, and just 
a, per, a very clear vision towards what you want. Everything that you do has to be down to the pinpoint. You have to be concentrating on everything and be very purposeful. You know, Stokes argued heavily against wasting your time, you know, being lazy or being unfocused, right, or just kind of dilly-dallying through life. And with emotions, I think that's the, there's the exact same connection there. It is absolutely pointless and, you know, unvirtuous to live a life where you're not in control of your emotions and where you sort of allow them to wander freely. Now, again, drawing that line between feeling all the all your emotions is completely fine, but then as soon as you allow yourself to be controlled by your emotions and not have the level of concentration and control over them is where it becomes a vice. Yeah, I think we circle a lot around Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius is one of the brightest philosophers, I think, of any school of philosophy in the history of the world when it comes to anger. He wrote a lot about anger, and one of the strategies that he utilized in a quote is he says, keep a list before your mind of those who burned with anger and resentment about something of people even the most renowned for success, misfortune, evil deeds, or any special distinction. Then ask yourself, how did that work out? Smoke and dust, the stuff of simple myth trying to be legend. And I mean, this is a pretty, I mean, this is a savage quote from Mm -hmm. Marcus Aurelius. He's um, absolutely just poking fun at people who experience rage, who experience resentment. But it's important to to acknowledge those people because those are the people who you don't want to be. I think in your life, everybody has somebody who you can acknowledge and you're like, oh, yep, that person has a temper. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important, especially when you experience anger, when you're experiencing that frustration, when you have a really frustrating day, when you're doing that mental distancing, returning to that strategy, when you're doing that, if all else fails, think about that person in your life who you will always acknowledge has a temper, mm-hmm. somebody who's very quick to anger. And think about how that works out for them. When they get angry, how does that work out for them? Odds are it doesn't work out the best. And so if you acknowledge that, then you're going to say, well, I don't want to be like that person. Why would I want to be like that person? Why would I want to be quick to anger, you know, be nasty to people, be rude? Why would I want to do that? And so it's, again, another fail-safe where if all else fails, you do this. And Mm -hmm. potentially that's a way to do something because there are people who have really, really angry people in their lives. They have these extreme examples of people who, you know, may be quick to violence even. And if that's your situation, then this is a strategy that might work for you because you're ultimately somebody who doesn't want to embody those values. You want to embody those values that lead you to virtue, not on a path of destruction. And so that's what this quote is exemplifying, right? You don't want to go up and smoke. You don't want to become um, a cloud of dust, somebody who's not remembered, somebody who is remembered for anger and resentment. You want to be somebody who's known as just a genuinely good person. And I certainly agree. I think it's a very stoic mindset to you know have the mindset of, you know, I have no enemies. I want to be the reason that people believe that there's a light in the world, you know, that people still believe in good people. That's, that's, that's a very stoic way of living is wanting to spread positivity and just love overall. They, you know, they believed that love was like one of the strongest forces in the world and that there was absolutely no shame in feeling love. Uh, but back to your point about Aurelius and that quote, I think one of the reasons that Aurelius is one of the most well-spoken Stoics around you know anger and emotions is be simply because he had a book called Meditations. Aurelius knew himself to the deepest levels, right? I mean he he wrote an entire book called Meditations, and at first you think, well, why would anyone write a book around you know meditating, right? I mean that seems like a waste of time. But Meditations, what it really means, it was essentially his journal. Meditations was a reflective state. 
where he was reflecting on himself and the way the things that he was thinking, his thoughts. Everything was written down, you know, into a few hundred pages of just absolute wisdom and knowledge that is one of is such a masterpiece. And also to touch on your other point about, you know, we all have somebody or the majority of people may know somebody who has a temper. And I think you and I have certainly both experienced to relatively extreme levels what somebody can really do when they are very, very angry and resort to violence relatively quickly. And if you're, you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I can relate to that, then you would know that, and, and even if you don't know somebody like that, that's awesome. But for those of you who do, if you've ever experienced that firsthand, it's very easy to know exactly how you don't want to act. You don't ever want somebody to feel the way that you felt simply due to anger. And I feel like the people that have experienced to, to relatively high degrees of you know violence that results from anger or unmanaged temperament know exactly that they will never want to act like that, right? Um, it can be very detrimental to families, to, to the mental state, and contribute to a lot of mental health problems, uh, especially in youth, you know? And with the rising levels of domestic violence abuse and whatnot, you know, it's very easy to see that happening within our society. And so this idea of managing your anger, it's a lot easier if you've sort of come to this, um, if, you, if you've established a better sense of self like Aurelius did. Now, you don't have to write an entire book um, that is completely reflective of who you are and your thoughts. But journaling in itself is kind of the bigger picture, and that's what Stoics, you know, that's one tip that they give when it comes to managing your emotions is journaling because as soon as you learn who you are as a person then you're able to identify those situations when you're in you know a hardship or you want to feel emotional and let your emotions control who your actions it's a lot easier to identify when you're in those situations when you better understand yourself and also that sort of ties into practicing gratitude as well especially you know this isn't necessarily about anger but more about you know sadness or anxiety or any of those emotions relating to that field is when you practice gratitude daily and you're truly grateful for the smallest of things and you're not taking anything for granted when you encounter you know loss or grief right it's a lot easier to get through it because you can see all the things that you do have whether than or rather than what you have lost and so you know there's many there's a whole spectrum of emotions that one can feel but the ultimate point of this episode if there was one thing that I wish you get out of this episode is that think with rationale and with logic that is the lesson that has been taught from ancient stoicism to modern stoicism is thinking with rationale and being rational and not allowing your emotions to overcome your sense of logic and dictate how uh, dictate you know how you're feeling or hinder your ability to think rationally or your ability to live with reason is when it becomes a vice and so the whole idea of remaining calm in hard situations and it'll become it's a lot easier said than done it becomes a lot easier the more you've practiced it and the more you understand yourself right and i think my final piece of advice my final strategy is you talked about journaling i think part of the journaling experience is that sense of self that you mentioned and we're doing that sense of self that kind of like self-reflection part of it is acknowledging kind of the dichotomy of control right there's things in your life that you can control but ultimately, you'll find that the majority of things in your life are outside of your control. You talk about sadness, and you talk about kind of fear, anxiety, those kind of negative, you know, blue emotions, they might say. 
well, it was have to do with other people, right? A lot of other people may make us feel sad. You know, you lose somebody, it's grief. Um, somebody does something, you know, violent, scary, it's fear, anxiety. You may have social anxiety, but a lot of that is outside of your control, right? You can't control other people's actions. I think that's one of the first steps as well. There's many first steps you can take, and it's just what works best for you. Like you said, it's easier said than done, and hopefully you'll try a lot of these first steps. You'll find that some work well and some don't. But another first step you can take is acknowledging that you can't control other people. Mm -hmm. Because I would reason to say that the negative emotions you feel, about 50% of them are probably directly due to the actions of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you can't control that. You can't control that whatsoever. Marcus Aurelius says that um, when talking about external things, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but your estimate of its actions. Ultimately, you frame what other people do in either a positive or negative light, mm -hmm. right? And it's really easy to do. It's a human thing to do. Mm -hmm. If somebody walks up on the street and mugs you, you're obviously going to view that in a negative light. Certainly. There isn't some... Um, it's going to be very hard for you to spin that in a positive way. And so you're either going to be angry at the mother mugger, you're going to be sad that um, you lost some of your belongings, you got robbed, or you're going to be fearful, you're going to be anxious because that's a scary situation. And those are all natural things to feel. But what Stoics would say is that the only reason you feel those things is because of your estimate of the situation, right? You can't control that somebody is going to go up to you and take your belongings. Somebody's going to beat you up. Somebody's going to bully you. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel, how you respond, how you react. And that's where the moment of emotional regulation occurs, right? If you say, oh, well, that person's just really mean to me, and you turn it into you know, self-deprecation, or you turn it into a judgment of that person, you get angry with that person, you've lost the battle there. Um, they didn't beat you because they bullied you or they beat you up or they robbed you. They beat you because they got inside your head and they mm -hmm. um, made it so that you get angry with them. That's where they beat you. So how you win, how you regulate your emotions is you frame it as something that's outside of your control. And many Stoics have said, we've mentioned quotes so many times about how if it's outside of your control, do not worry about it. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen either way. So if you can't do anything about it, mm -hmm. then why waste time becoming emotional over it? That's my final piece of advice. And so, like you said, if there's one thing I want people to take away is that there are so many ways to become more stoic, to become you know, somebody who properly regulates your emotions. But it is easier said than done. So what you need to do is start trying, right? Because it's not a perfect process. You're gonna find that there are ways that you can emotionally regulate yourself when it comes to sadness, but those same techniques don't work when you get angry and vice versa. There's it's so nuanced that you just need to start trying and you need to keep a journal every day if that's what is required of you, you know, or keep a mental checklist, right? right? Document when you feel these emotions and how you regulate them. And ultimately, you know, if you become angry and it drives a decision, don't become disappointed with yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't you now say, ah, oh, well, I mean, I just failed today. It's one setback and we're not perfect. I certainly get frustrated. I get angry. There's times where I feel sad. And there are even times where I let that dictate how I act towards other people, my words, my actions. Nobody's perfect. I think um, the Stoics kind of frame it so where you can be perfect and, you know, always yeah. be emotionally regulated. But that's not the case. The best you can ask for is progress and become somebody who is known as a good person, known as somebody yeah. who isn't emotional. And somebody who's known as not emotional doesn't mean that they are never emotional. It just means that they are properly emotionally regulated and let it show when it's appropriate 
and you know they may have a few lapses here and there but it's nothing to worry about nothing to notice i think that's all that you can ask for for yourself so that's my one takeaway is just try now and it's going to be nuanced it's going to be a journey but there's no better time than now to have that journey of self-discovery because that's ultimately what it is when you find the techniques to emotionally regulate yourself you discover how you can be a very strong person emotionally and a strong person emotionally is somebody who set themselves up for success so if you want to set yourself up for success be a strong person then try now there's no better time well i'm glad you brought up this idea of acceptance and what accepting what we can't control because that's ultimately you know one of the biggest ways to start dealing with any emotion that you may have and sort of allowing yourself to think rationally um but also i was i was watching this documentary on um, arnold schwarzenegger the other day and it was about you know his journey in bodybuilding and one of the things he said correlated directly or i guess was directly yeah correlated to stoicism he was like you know before a show if somebody were to i sort of get into this state where i don't allow any negativity to you know get inside my head right and he gave this example if he was like if i was you know preparing for a show and someone just went outside right now and stole my car or broke into my car and he was like I wouldn't worry about it. All I would do is, you know, call my secretary and have her call insurance and they would laugh about it. But I can't allow anything to distract me from what I try to do. And it was just interesting because I was watching it and I was like, that's exactly what that's exactly what a stoic mindset looks like in real life. That's exactly what it would be. And so I think you're exactly right. And when it comes to accepting what you can't control, there is no better time to start than right now. Because if you don't start now, then, you know, it's only going to get more difficult the more you build up the habit of allowing yourself to stress over things that you can't control. And that's it'll you dig yourself a deeper hole than where you're already in. And to your last point, and this will be my last piece of advice, is you said, you know, Stoics certainly do sort of paint a picture that you become a perfect person and you never make mistakes once you adopt this mindset. It's not true at all. You know, they're like, oh, you know, you'll become like a perfect man as soon as you stop allowing your emotions and you've had complete control over your emotions nobody's going to be perfect everybody's going to make a mistake somewhere down the line and so it's sort of important to reiterate that idea and to get that through your head is that you will make mistakes at times but that's what consistency is consistency is imperfection it's you know you're getting 80 out of 100 that's what consistency looks like rather than being perfect for five days and and then stopping and only being perfect five out of 100 times right so it's a process and it's going to take a lot of time to develop a new mindset where you're okay and with your where you're content with understanding that you can't control everything there's a lot in your life like 80% of the things that happen to you you cannot control and so there is no point in worrying and if you can control them then why are you worrying if you can control them then go out and make it happen fix it. there's absolutely no reason to worry whether you can or can't control something and so with that you know let me just say Self-reflection is a great place to start and understanding yourself better so that you're able to understand how you're going to react at first in emotional situations. And then, you know, slowly just start to adopt the mindset of accepting what you can't control. And it's ultimately going to come with time and it takes a lot of self-reflection, but it's very possible. And as soon as you start to think that way, you'll notice small changes. And it's all about the small steps. It's not taking one giant leap into this. It's you're slowly working your way up the ladder and then you're going to get higher and higher. And by then, before you know it, it's going to be a new habit. I think, you know, we've provided a lot of good strategies today. There's certainly a lot of analogies. Um, If you made it this far in the episode, we want to thank you for listening. 
let us know if you try any of these strategies, if they're new to you, um, and how they work out for you. You know, we're very interested. We've both implemented a lot of these strategies, and they worked out great for us. So that's our hope for our viewers. You know, it's really important to talk about. It's obviously one of the biggest kind of core beliefs in stoicism is you need to properly emotionally regulate yourself. So that's why we're making an episode dedicated to it. But we also hope that some of the improvements we've seen in our lives when it comes to emotional regulation and what that brings come to the lives of our viewers, our audience as well. Um, This has been episode 22 of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening.